Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Welcome back. We're so glad you're joining us for another episode of Enlightened Empaths. And today we're going to continue our discussion about life path numbers. And we, in last week's episode, we talked about the numbers one through four and the correlation between your card of destiny, what your traits are, and how that aligns with the major arcana of the Tarot. Today, we're going to continue with cards five through nine. We're not touching on the master numbers 11, 22, and 33 in these episodes, but we'll bring those up in future episodes. So there have been some questions about how to determine your life path. People were getting mixed numbers. It's three different sections. So if you think about your birthday, it's made up of three parts, the month, the day, and the year. And your life path number is a sum of those numbers. But if you add them up just in the string, you might end up with a master number when it's not an accurate depiction of what your life path number truly is. Even though there's different ways to calculate life path numbers, if you do it this way, you'll, you'll get the accurate choice. You can also compare it to an online calculator. There are so many free, just Google or search for online life path number calculator or life path number, destiny number. All of those things are going to bring it up and plug your numbers in and see if it matches with what you got. But you take your month as one single digit and then your day as a single digit and then the year and you break down each of those. So if your birthday was November 18th, 2005, you would take your 11, one plus one equals two. That's your first number. So you have a two. And then the 18 would be one plus eight is nine. So that's your second number. And then the third number would be two plus zero plus zero plus five, which adds up to seven. And then you're going to take the two plus the nine plus the seven. So two plus nine is 11 plus seven equals 18. And then 18 is not a master number and it's not one through nine. So then you're going to take the 18 and say one plus eight equals nine. So your, your life path number would be a nine. So when you, you have the three aspects, your month, your day, and your year, you reduce those to a single digit, and then you add each of those separate three, and that will give you an accurate, an accurate life path number so that you can figure out how much of this resonates with you and how much of it may be like, hmm, I'm not quite so sure. But we always love to explore and grow and learn more about ourselves, and this is another technique to do that. So please join us as we open up the gates again and we explore the life path numbers five through nine. All right. Now a very different energy. We move on to the five life path and whew, if you have a five life path in your life, you are having some fun. Fives are here to shake things up. They help people think outside of the box. I call the number five, the rebel with a cause. They are very rebellious and they will just rebel just for the fun of rebelling. And so they're they're definitely interesting to deal with. Pythagoras taught us that the number five symbolize life, 
because out of the union of the first even number, the number two, with the first odd number, the number three, we get five. It's also considered a number of love because the five-pointed star or pentagram is associated with Venus, the planet of love. A human placed in a circle with outstretched arms symbolizes this five-pointed star, which is another reason why the number five is connected with life force energy. And let me tell you, fives have energy. They love life. They love living it to the fullest. They crave adventure and travel. They make it bored very easily. It's important for them to do something creative and service-oriented so that they don't have these feelings of boredom. Fives, more than any other number, will suffer from FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out. They need a lot of freedom. They do not like being hemmed in by anyone, not their family, their relationships, their job. They always need adventure. And again, every number has its positive and negative side. The negative side of a five is sometimes they will create drama just because they're bored. They make great travel agents, wonderful detectives, performers. They do love being the center of attention like the number three. They love holidays. They host fantastic parties. Their energy, though, when it's unbalanced, can be a little chaotic and up and down. If they feel trapped in any way, fives will seek escape through addictions. So there are, so remember I said there are two numbers that have natural intuitive abilities, the two and the seven. There are two numbers that tend to have natural addictive tendencies, according to what I've read, and that's the number five and the number seven. Uh, the seven has addictive tendencies for very different reasons that we'll get to in a minute. So fives really need to work on that balance of freedom of expression. They're great motivators. They can be very persuasive. So for this reason, they really excel in sales. They're very, very versatile, but they can be impatient. They've got to learn to tame that inner angst inside of them and learn to be here now and live in the moment. They are often called the detectives of the numbers because they need the truth. Let me tell you, if if someone is gossiping, a five will know all the ins and outs of that gossip. They always have to figure out what's going on, who knows who, what's who's saying the what about what. They will always know when someone is lying. Just like empaths, they tend to have a little secret inner lie detector. Uh, they love to solve mysteries. They love to solve puzzles. They like to be kept in the loop of life. And so if you are a five, just know that your happiness depends on being able to live life to its fullest. You will excel best when you learn from your failures and your successes. And when, and when you know that sometimes life is hard work and boring, but you can always create your own fun. They have this innate sense of fairness and equality, and they will always fight for the underdog. I think it's fascinating if you look at the numbers of our founding fathers, most of them have the number five in their, in their birth date. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, who fought for the freedom of and from religion, was a five life path. Ben Franklin, who fought for freedom from many of the rights that we now take for granted, was also a five life path. He also loved the ladies, if you know what I mean, and fives tend to be very, very sexual as well. Uh, this theme of freedom carried through America's history to Abraham Lincoln, another five life path who freed the slaves. 
So just know that this idea of freedom and really fighting for equality and rights of other humans and animals and four-legged friends is going to be incredibly important to a five life path. Now, fives are mysterious and it's really hard to nail them down. And that's why I think Thomas Jefferson is such an interesting example and a true example of a five life path. We know that he was super smart and charming and engaging. We know that he was, I mean, he spoke all these, he taught himself a language. He taught himself how to speak. I think it was French on the boat from America to France when he was trying to get them to give us money for the, for the war. He's just a very, very brilliant man. He invented a ton of stuff. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. But um, what is he remembered for now? Having an affair, we can even call it an affair, with one of his slaves. He totally took advantage of her and only freed their children upon his death. So fives are enigmas. You know, They're very, very interesting. They're very hard to nail down. You never will really understand them. They can be you know, sometimes a little, I don't know, arrogant in their opinions, maybe. Uh, Take the Jefferson Bible. Jefferson, as I said, fives are always fascinated with mysteries, right? They want to understand things. So he didn't understand the Bible. And he did not think that all those miracles, you know, Jesus resurrecting um, people and healing people and resurrecting himself and turning water into wine. He didn't think any of that was true. He thought it was all just allegory and myth. So he pulled it all out pulled it out and created his own Bible now known as Jefferson's Bible. So fives are never afraid to think outside of the box. They're never afraid to cross a line. Um, You know, he knew when he wrote the declaration of independence, he knew that if anything went wrong, if we lost any of those battles uh, and lost the war, that they'd all be hung as traitors. And yet, you know, he still did it. So fives are not afraid to take that risk. And so I think that is something that's wonderful to think about. Angelina Jolie is another five life path. I think she's just as complicated and interesting, right? She's got this huge rebellious regret. Remember when she wore a vial of her husband's blood around her neck when she was married to a Billy Bob Thornton? But then she adopted her son Maddox from Cambodia. She became an ambassador for humanitarian rights. She's, I think she's still the goodwill ambassador for the UN Refugee Agency. She was just in in the Ukraine. Um, She fights all over the world for freedom. And so while, you know, in her younger days, we were like, oh, Angelina Jolie, she's kind of risky and different and daring. And and she sure does like to kiss her brother. Remember all that stuff, Denise? Now we look at her as this, as this emblem for, you know, being such a leader of, of people's rights all across the world. And even when she found out that she had the the BRCA gene, you know, she also took the lead there and showed women that it was that it was okay to take your health back. And she had the radical hysterectomy and the double mastectomy. So fives are complicated, interesting, rebellious, strong, independent, and courageous. I think they're really cool. I think they're really fun. If you know a five life path, they're they're just they're fascinating. One of my sons is a five life path and he's the epitome of what you just described, but he's also a Leo with a Sag moon. So throw some fire at that too. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's the son that rebuilt a 40 year old motorcycle and took a road trip all over the country by himself and you know traveled and camped and just, it broke down. He'd fix it. So very innovative, but also 
thinks outside of the box. Equally, though, a very interesting, fascinating, funny, articulate, but has always had to figure out his way of doing it. And I think that that can be a thing for fives as well is convention may not always be so easy for them, but they also generally have such a strong moral compass about what they feel is right and wrong. hundred percent. So if if we align that with the, the tarot card, it's the Hierophant, which aligns with Taurus, you know, which can be kind of stubborn and solid and, and all of those beautiful tendencies that Taurus people may have following the rules and regulations, spiritual authority, doing what society expects of you with a loyalty to self and others. Tradition can be very stubborn and steadfast. This, this card is about the spiritual teachings and dogma, but it's also about upholding the traditions that give meanings to our lives. So it goes back to that sense of morality, that sense of connection. There's a conformity and respect for authority, but it might fall under, you know, those who have, it, it's weird because this card will come up in its tradition, following the rules and regulations, all of those things. But there's also that, that part of it that is about blessings and identification with a culture or a kind of group, teaching, education, the education in, in traditions of, of your society communicating and teaching others what you've learned. So a lot of times this card is reflective of teaching your inner knowledge to other folks. It's the rules of obedience and loyalty. And and again, it goes back to what Samantha was saying. They're, They're very loyal dogs. They will back you up in a fight. They will, if they believe in you, they're going to have your, your back, this hierophant energy. Um, it's also conventional morality listening to the dictates of your own conscious and feeling sometimes that you might feel a little oppressed if this is an, a card that you align with by the shoulds, the coulds, the ought to, the mights, feeling betrayed by the system because sometimes this card is, I don't want to use the word rigidity because that seems harsh, but there, there's really strong lines around this card, which I guess means rigidity. But maybe ask, you know, what do you look, where are you looking or who are you looking to for assistance or direction or learning? What do you feel like you're, you're still following the rules and the laws and how it applies? Because there is a, you know, this, this same son who is very unconventional is always, always meticulously on time for work. He's very responsible. He's very grounded. He's, he does incredible, all of those things, which aligns with this energy that we're talking about. So for the, for folks with a five or, or aligning with the energy of the five, the Hierophant, there is that duality, very much so. Don't you what, find that with the Hierophant, when it comes up for me in a reading, it's often because the client has been following the rules without thinking, do these rules make sense anymore in my life? Yes, yes. And so sometimes uh, the Hierophant is about Sometimes it is about following the rules, but sometimes I find that card is about knowing what rules to follow and when it's time to make your own damn rules. Yes. And a lot of times when that comes up outside, upside down, it can be, you know, might think about, oh, I might need to color outside the lines a little bit, or I might need to step out of that box and look at it from a new perspective. Yes, exactly. It's a complicated card for me personally. 
yeah, it's not an easy one for me to read. No, either. no, because it's sometimes it's about the teacher. And sometimes I've, I've read in many books, it's about the healer too. Have you read that? I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's about following along when the rules make sense, but knowing when kind of like the course in miracles, when it says this is an insane world, it's kind of, to me, that card is always about recognizing when the rules you're being asked to follow are just insane and it's time to move on. Definitely a card of courage. And it can be about giving and receiving advice, which aligns with that five life path of listen to me. I know the answers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Should we move on to the number six? Yes, please. Okay. So the number six is such a beautiful number. It's the number of the nurturer, the entrepreneur, the parent, the leader, the family person. Pythagoras considered it the first perfect number because six is both the sum and the product of the first three numbers. So one plus two plus three is six and one times two times three is six. Christians really resonated with this idea because in Genesis, God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So it's, if you know a six life path, you just know a lovely person. They are often seen as perfect. They are looked up to by their peers. They're known for their magnetic personalities. They're incredibly nurturing. They're very wise. They're called the parents of the other numbers. They love to take care of and nurture everyone around them. They're very giving, very generous. They make fantastic managers, entrepreneurs, doctors, nurses, social workers, counselors. You know, if you think about, if you draw the number six, to me, it looks like a pregnant woman. So just know that if you know anyone with a six life path, they have that innate parenting ability in them, meaning they're just going to want to parent you. So even if they're your equal and your friend and they're the same age as you, they're always going to be more of the, you know, do you need anything? I'm running to the store. Can I drop something off to you? They're the ones to organize the meal train if you're sick. They're the ones to show up on your door when you're having a hard day. Uh, They're just incredibly kind, giving people. Now, As I've said many times on this show, every number has its positive and negative aspects. Sometimes the six energy enjoys being the rescuer a little too much, and they can get involved in codependent relationships. They can be attracted to people that need rescuing. This can be their partner, their boss, coworkers, parents, siblings, or even their own children. Um, Another thing that they tend to do is they put people up on a pedestal and then get very hurt when these people disappoint them. So it's really important for a six to learn to really nurture and love themselves first and to avoid this compulsion to kind of parent and rescue everyone else. So they need to shine that beautiful light and heart on themselves first. They are do excellent at teaching. They're, they're also very creative, just like the three. So they do great at the arts as well. I feel that sixes are best when they're running their own business. They're so responsible. They're so smart. They're so wise. Other people love working with them that they just tend to really do well as entrepreneurs. An example of a six life path would be Jane Goodall. And if you look at her life, you'll see so much of the six life path. She, her mothering, caretaking, devoted energy has made such an, a lifelong, life-changing impact on how, on how we view animals, especially uh, chimpanzees. 
She's worked to spearhead our understanding of conservation. She's helped us see the connection between us and nature. Uh, She obviously has a very entrepreneurial spirit with all the different foundations that she's created. Another famous six life path energy is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who spent her entire life caring for the dying. Her best-selling book on death and dying taught us about the five stages of grief. So she's kind of considered the mother of grief. And she was always like this. During World War II, she worked with refugees. She visited extermination camps. She saw that the dying had carved hundreds of butterflies into the walls as they awaited their end. And this last hopeful act of the dying had such a profound impact on Dr. Kubler-Ross that it propelled her to study the dying process for the rest of her life. So she was often assigned Um, In her early days as a psychiatrist at Manhattan State Hospital, she was often assigned patients that others called hopeless, and she would turn their lives around. And that's what a six does. They tend to come into your life, and they share their beautiful, compassionate heart with you, and they tend to just turn your your whole life around. So I've, I've never met a six energy that that I didn't like. I've never. I mean, they are just so kind and caring and generous. And what's the card that correlates with them? It fits so perfectly. The lovers. Yes. All about love. They really are. And you know, the lovers aligns with Gemini and loving relationships that can be partnership and not just this. I mean, people get excited in a reading if they're asking about relationship and the lovers card comes up because that's a good sign. But it can also be about making decisions. It can be about polarities, taking things at face value, a choice between something respectable and dull or something that might be a little more fun, but questionable morally. It can be using free will, freedom from inhibitions and guilt and conditioning. Love existing only in the absence of restrictions is a good way to look at this card. When this card comes up, You may want to ask yourself, what significant relationship am I involved in? Or is this about a relationship? How does this mirror your your own sense of self, your own self-worth? Because if you're doing a reading and you're asking about something personal with yourself, this card can be a beautiful indicator to look in the mirror and really see yourself. What choice or decision do you need to make? Are you basing your decisions on what needs to be combined, brought together? How are you really working through a situation? It's that polarity of light and dark, of black, of white, of you know, seeing both sides of a situation, which I think is wonderful. And sometimes if you are faced with a, a big giant decision or trying to find some clarity, when this card comes up, you can say, you know, lean into the choice that feels the most like love, because that's where we all are trying to get to anyway. If it comes from a place of love, it's going to give us more peace and sense of self in the long run. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, if this is your life path card, I think it's, it's important to recognize that you're always going to be faced with choices in your life. And your job is to respond to that choice with love and compassion, which isn't always easy given some of the choices. You know, Denise, one thing I love about this card the, there, you've got this naked man and this naked woman, and you've got this angel with the sun shining behind the angel. And the guy's looking at the woman, right? Like, hey, hey there, lady. And the lady's looking at the angel like, oh, help me here. 
<laughs> Do you ever think that? Like, I don't know. But it's supposed to it's supposed to symbolize that there's choices here. You know, obviously the guy is choosing the, the the girl and the girl is looking at the angel like, okay, help me make this choice. And so that's always going to be key with this card. Are you going to choose you? Are you going to choose other people? Are you going to choose um, the angel, meaning the world of spirit? But what choices are you going to make? And are you going to base them on, on compassion and not fear? Taking things at face value. Yes. Okay, so now we move on to the number seven. Seven is a very complicated life path number. It's considered the number of the mystic, the seeker, the psychic. We all know how important seven is in numerology. There are seven notes on a musical scale, seven days in the week, seven colors in the rainbow, seven chakra. Each phase of the moon lasts seven days. Christians believe that God created the world and rested on the seventh day. And that's important because sevens need that time of rest and they don't often give it to themselves. Sevens are seen as aloof, serious, smart, and mysterious. They enjoy a challenge. They love solving mysteries. They are definitely an original. They engage their imagination all the time. They're not really into the outer accoutrements of success. So they're not really into money and power and prestige, none of that really matters to the mystical seven. They tend to have this innate psychic ability, as I mentioned before. They also tend to be very empathic strongly by nature. They will pick up on the emotions of others easily. And this might be the reason why sevens need to be alone. In good, healthy relationships, sevens are very loyal and honest. They're direct. They crave truth. They need to be around authentic people. They cannot handle fluffy small talk. They cannot handle fake or phony people. They tend to have a hard time expressing their feelings. They will rarely be the first in a relationship to say, I love you. They are reserved and aloof. They hold themselves back. It can be very hard to get to know, to truly know a seven. They're incredibly smart, but they do tend to be secretive. This is mainly because they need their own space, but they can, depending on their childhood issues, they can have a lot of trust issues. They're known for blazing their own path. Uh, they do not follow the norm. They don't follow trends. They could give two figs about gossip. They're just, none of that is important to them. Um, they're just really about what is authentic, what is true, what is uh, the meaning of life. So one of, a, one of the destinies of a seven is to study and, and really seek and reflect on not only their destiny, but, but the meaning of life. And so they're often wanting to be alone to seek inner knowledge. They need to be connected to a strong basis of faith more than any other number, or they will feel unbalanced, disconnected, and depressed. And as I said, they have a tendency for addictive issues or uh, habits. Now, wh whereas a five might turn to addictions because they're bored or they feel hemmed in and chained to a, to a rhythm and routine that bores them, a seven will turn to addictions because of inner turmoil in their own head. Because while they need this strong basis of faith in their life in order to feel rooted and connected and and you know linked to something greater than themselves, they're so smart that they can outthink themselves from conventional religion, churches, synagogues, and temples. So a seven, it's a difficult path. They need to really understand who they are and why they're here and choose a faith that makes sense to them, even if it's one of their own creation or following. But if they don't feel connected to something higher than themselves, 
they tend to feel very unrooted and lost. And so faith is, is really, really important to the number seven. They are considered the mystic of the numbers. And so people will often turn to them for help and support. So they are natural counselors. They need time, especially in nature, to just process, recharge their social batteries and feel reconnected to themselves. They will always ask why about everything. They'll kind of drive you crazy with this. They make great therapists, psychiatrists, mystery writers, public speakers, any career in the esoteric. So as a healer um, or an intuitive would be an excellent choice for them. They do like their autonomy. So a career that gives them a lot of flexibility and alone time is really, really good. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila, my favorite saint, is a seven life path. And I think she's a really interesting example because if you read The Interior Castle, it's I don't know. It's got to be one of the most amazing books written on who we are and why we're here. But if you read between the lines of, of her work, she was such a rebel. And, and sevens are just like the number five and the number one, very, very rebellious without being overt about it. So she was known as the walking saint because she would travel all over founding convents. She wasn't really in about like, oh, let's let's build a convent here for God, our savior. She was more about women's rights. She wanted women to have safe places to go from others who were often cruel to women. And so she would she would create these convents and teach women to listen to their own voice, to the interior castle within them, rather than blindly following others' advice. And so when she was trying to locate a spot for a new convent, she came across challenge after challenge. And she said, God, this is why people have a hard time following you, which, you know, was like heretical to say that back then. But she definitely was a mystic who was trying to carve out her own place in the world, but uh, with, with a rebellious streak that I, that I truly admire. Marilyn Monroe, very different from St. Teresa of Avila, I know, but she's also a seven life path. And I don't know if you knew this, Denise, but she had a huge lifelong interest in all things spiritual and paranormal. She often visited intuitives and astrologers. She was a loner. She enjoyed writing, which is a talent that many sevens share. And she had a lot of inner angst, as we know, in terms of who she was and what she believed in. Uh, Voltaire is another seven life path. He spent his entire life writing, searching for the deeper meaning of, of why we're here. So I think it's just interesting to look at some of these, these famous seven life paths to really understand how complicated they can, they can really, really be. Yes, it is. It's a very complex personality type. Yeah. Oh, Johnny Depp is a seven life path. So see that rebellious original, you know, those types of people. They have a really great, I mean, Sir Winston Churchill was also a seven life path. So witty, so funny. So, I mean, sevens, I, I hope, I feel like I'm not doing them justice because they're so wonderful. I've, I've known many, many seven life paths in my life and they're, they're just, they're wonderful. They're fun. They're, they're interesting. It's just, they're, they're an enigma. It's very, very hard to get to know them. The tarot card that aligns with that is the chariot, which is cancer. If you want to give it an astrological perspective, and this is victory, overcoming the odds, being in the driver's seat, getting through a situation and dealing with the emotions later. It can be about a journey, you know, of 
mentally, spiritually, physically a journey. It can be a move. It can be like the literal meaning of the card. It's having confidence, optimism, and faith in your own abilities. So very strong. It can be successfully controlling situations through the force of your personality, through your actions. It sometimes can be a little bravado if this card comes up, but it's it's very much having a sense of direction, a plan, but it's taking back the reins. It's deciding where you want to go next in your life. So you can even visualize that on the card with a chariot of, of being in the driver's seat, literally and, and almost figuratively. Sometimes this will come up if there's a strong division between your feelings about something and the work you're doing, your work and your feelings with, with what you do to uh, generate income and security and stability. You may mirror the actions and emotional feelings of those around you if this card comes up. So are you sucking up somebody else's stuff? Which if you've, you mentioned several actors having this as a, uh, actors and actresses having this as a life path, maybe that is a correlation there. I don't know. Testing what you've learned, proving yourself and your abilities, but maybe ask, what am I presenting to the world? What emotional reactions am I hiding or keeping close to my heart? Are there contradictions or tensions that you're trying to overcome? Because again, think of that driver's seat and victory. And have you, or have you experienced a recent victory? Have you overcome some odds? Are you stepping away from a situation or a relationship or a scenario that might've been toxic and limiting? I, I really like this card. I think it's a very powerful and empowering card for folks to have in a reading. I do too. But as your life path card, one thing I think people need to focus on is the image on the original uh, Weight Rider Smith deck where you've got the chariot, right? And the horse is running and running and, and the guy's behind him. And you think he's whipping the horse to go faster, but there's no reins. And so to me, this is always a card of surrendering to your destiny, surrendering to the success that is your divine right. And I think that can be a real struggle for a seven. True. Very true. But it you is a, all overall, it, it is about victory. It's about connection, yes. which is beautiful. Yes. And the seven will be victorious when they, when they really do find that, that walk of faith that makes sense to them. So the eight life path is smart, hardworking, determined, and destined for success. Pythagoras considered eight a holy number because it represents infinity and abundance. In China, eight is a lucky number. When they hosted the Olympics, they made sure that it started on August 8th, 2008 at eight seconds and eight minutes past 8 p.m. How about that? <laughs> eight life paths are here to lead, teach, innovate, and forge a new path forward. They're also here to learn about money, power, and wellness. Eights, above all other numbers, will not feel safe and balanced unless they have a sense of financial security. So I, I hope you guys can see a theme here, right? Like every one, every one of these numbers needs something. The one needs innovation and originality. The two needs love and the three needs creative expression. The four needs balance. The five needs adventure. The six needs nurturing. The seven needs that alone time, those answers to why we're here. The eight needs money. I mean, it's not very esoteric or spiritual, I know, but there you have it. They tend to have very dramatic lives with lots of ups and downs. They're very stubborn. They learn their lessons the hard way. 
Uh, but once an eight life path learns a lesson, they never repeat that failure. So they truly do learn from their successes and their failures. They're known for their amazing second acts in life, and they tend to find success later in life. They're great at helping people who are going through difficult circumstances that they've already endured. And very similar to a five and a seven, eights crave honesty. They are always truthful, sometimes to their downfall. They will always tell you exactly how it is. They can be a bit stubborn like the four, but they're loyal and dedicated partners and friends, and they demand this loyalty and honesty in return. And if they don't get it, they just walk on. They will not, not they're not like the two and the six. They do not stay in relationships beyond their expiration date. If you hurt an eight, they're done. They enjoy being around people who are authentic with themselves and others. They also can't stand small talk and will not put up with shallow people or conversations. They just cut to the heart of the matter. They tell it like it is. Because eights don't like being told what to do, they do tend to be really good leaders. They pave their own way. They work best as bosses or delegators. They do need to learn to listen to others a little bit better. They're considered kind of unpredictable because they can achieve great heights of success and failure almost many times in one lifetime. They're known to enjoy second, third, fourth, and even fifth acts in, in their life. Something that's interesting, if you do the life path numbers of politicians and CEOs, uh, more of them will have that eight number. In fact, more U.S. presidents have the number eight repeated in their birth dates than any other number. As I said before, if you take the number eight and turn it on its side, it becomes the infinity symbol. Eights love beauty and they will create projects and things in their life that will have that infinite lasting beauty. But they're very, very different from, say, a six or a three who will just nurture and rescue. Eights have no tolerance or, or pity for people who feel sorry for themselves they, and they cannot feel pity for themselves. For this reason, they have an incredibly hard time asking for help. They know that hard work and persistence pay off and they expect nothing else from those around them. So they're, they're hard on themselves, but they can also be hard on others. But they are very, very generous. They will share their success with others. Um, Andrew Carnegie, for example, was an eight life path. And, you know, he grew up incredibly poor in Scotland and worked his way up to uh, the largest steel empire in, in history. But after he sold his company to JP Morgan, making him the richest man in America, he spent the rest of his life giving it away. He established over 3000 libraries. He became a writer. He just built foundations all over and just gave almost all that money away. He's one of the first famous for saying he did not want to leave his kids like so much money that they never had to work again. Uh, President Ulysses S. Grant, great example of an eight life path. He was kind of reckless as a kid. He went from job to job. Um, he almost failed out of West Point. He was great as a soldier, but he kind of he kind of stunk at the studious stuff. He obviously was a hero in the Civil War and did really, really well there, um, but his difficult father never really left his head, and he battled alcohol throughout his entire life. He became the 18th president when he was only 46 years old, but you know he had a lot of failures before he got there and had quite a few failures in that presidency as well, but he did focus on reuniting the North and the South to the best of his abilities. And one of his greatest legacies is working very hard to put down terrorist groups like the KKK. 
So he kept reinventing himself again and again, but it was only when he accepted discipline, hard work, and setting specific goals that he achieved the success that that we now remember him for. Um, Cindy Crawford, another eight-life path. She is not just another pretty face. She graduated valedictorian of her class. She studied chemical engineering on a full academic scholarship to Northwestern. Then she became, you know, the famous model. But now, you know, she runs this famous uh, furniture business. She supports LGBTQ plus rights, environmental issues, education, a lot of Ronald McDonald charities, wildlife. And she does so much work for leukemia in memory of her brother. Um, Not only does she have two furniture lines, but she also has a successful makeup line. So again, this is what the eight life path does. They will create success over and over and over again. Among other famous eight life paths, we have uh, Michelangelo, Armani, uh, Edgar Cayce, Cornelius Vanderbilt. So just some amazing people have done wonderful things with that eight life path energy. And of course, because eights are known for having so many ups and downs in their life, what is their card, their destiny card, Denise? It's the strength card. Yes. Which makes perfect sense because the strength card is about really accessing that inner power and courage to face life's challenges. It's a beautiful, beautiful card. It aligns with Leo. It's inner strength, wisdom, loyalty, heart of the matter, getting to the heart of the matter, making peace with that beast within. It's it's a card of stability, using love as a way to access your strength. Um, It's finding that strength to begin or continue some difficult project. I I love this card. I love the energy of this card. It can be acting passionately, having strong desires and intense emotions, love for what you do, enthusiasm, having that courage to take risks and really move forward with your life, Uh, an abundance of vital energy, which again was indicated really strongly with all the examples of people you just gave. They can be a peacemaker in an odd kind of way. This card coming up can be about reconciling, you know, opposites or, or finding terms that work for people. Sometimes this card will present when you're wrestling with a problem that you're really going to have to stick it out to get to the end of it. It's not a card. It's not an immediate patience. So maybe if you have this card come up for you or you're an eight, having the patience to realize that everything will happen in due time. Learning to love the beast. I already mentioned that, but that's an important aspect of this. And most many tarot decks, I shouldn't say most, will depict a lion, which is the epitome of strength in symbolism. Being freed from forces of repression, you may want to ask yourself, which when you think about love as a source of, a source of strength, how, how strong is your love for yourself, for someone else, for what you're devoted for, for what you want to bring into fruition in your life? How are you being asked to show courage or perseverance? And, you know, perseverance is a beautiful way to, if you're, if you have to get down and dirty, stubborn about something to get through it, switch that word in your mind to perseverance, and it gives it a much more empowering tone, but it's the same thing. What do you want to create? What do you desire to create? What inner passions need to be expressed? So those might be some things if this card comes up for you, but also realizing you do have the strength within to 
stick with it and get towards that goal that you're really, or that person or that situation. Beautifully described. Okay. And lastly, we have the life path number nine. Nines are the last single digits. So they tend to be very, very wise. They tend to be the old souls of the other numbers. Nine represents completion. It's the number three expressed three times. Three times three equals nine. In Norse mythology, there are nine worlds. In Greek mythology, there are nine musics, muses. The Hindus connect nine to the creator. Uh, The Hebrews taught that nine is the number of truth. So it's a wonderful number of just being deeply wise and kind. The Vikings connected the Norse god Odin to the number nine. He represents wisdom and leadership. It's the number of the humanitarian. So if you have the nine life path, you are most likely an old soul. You are also the doer of the number of the numbers. They will always emerge as leaders. They only need to be shown how to do something one time, and then they're just ready to, to take it and run with it. They tend to give a lot of themselves, so they need to learn how to ask for help and carve out time for their own needs. Some nines may have difficult memories from their childhood that still need to be processed. They might have issues with one parent in particular. They're happiest when they have learned to set good boundaries, when they've healed their inner child and are working in a field that is meaningful to them. Nines don't do well working for a paycheck. Their work must have meaning and purpose. And so they will often choose careers not for the how much money they can earn, but for how much they can give back. As the last single digit, nine represents endings and beginnings. So because of this, many nine life paths often have a difficult time with change and will see the stages of their life um, with some difficulty or nostalgia. So they need to learn how to embrace change and see it as an adventure like the five rather than an ending. People will often look to you for advice. They will often want to talk to you and, and look up to you. A lot of expectation and responsibility is placed on a nine. Um, two famous nine life paths are Mother Teresa and Gandhi. So that kind of gives you an example. But they're also incredibly revolutionary as well. Gloria Steinem is a nine life path. She helped revolutionize the women's rights movement through her teachings and her magazine, Miss. Um, she now spends her time teaching women how to have a, their own revolution from within Elvis Presley is a nine life path. Now you might not first look at him and and his famous hip shaking moves and think, yeah, that's a humanitarian. But in his lifetime, he gave away 200 Cadillacs to fans and friends. He even gave the shirt off his back to someone who complimented it. He was known for just walking around handing out $100 bills. It's very hard to find someone who can say a bad word about Elvis Presley. I think you probably agree. But again, if you look at those two other famous nine life paths, Gandhi and uh, Mother Teresa, I think you get an idea of what the nine life path is. Carl Jung was also a nine life path. Uh, Henry David Thoreau also was. So John Edward, one of Denise and I is one of our favorite psychics is a nine life path. So they're, they're deeply religious and spiritual, but their whole modus operandi is on giving back to others. They're just some of the kindest people you'll meet. Well, and the card that aligns with the number nine is the hermit card and, you know, Virgo, which, you know, that attention to detail and and paying attention and all of those things, but it's going within. And I always see this as a card of 
removing your physical self from a, a situation to get perspective or withdrawal, isolation. But for me, it's going within prayer, meditation, seeking that inner guidance. A lot of times this card will show up if there's a teacher coming into your life or, or a wise guide that, that you need to align with. And this can be a physical person or someone in spirit or you're aligning more with your spiritual guides. A lot of times when this card comes up, I feel like there's a deep spiritual connection for folks. This card can also, it's often known as the evolved fool. So if you go back to the zero, which starts the, the lineage of, of cards through the, the Torah life lessons, it does start with the fool. And this hermit card is often seen as the evolved fool. This is also turning away from or abandoning the conventions by going within and saying, you know what, what, what really matters to me? It's searching, it's research, it's journey, time management, taking the time to figure out how you really feel about something so you can decide the path you want to take with it. Again, teachers, guides, gurus, counselors, friends, all of those things where you seek guidance, making plans, completion of a cycle. But maybe if this card comes up, what am I doing with the time I have to myself? Do I need to go deeper within and really get more clarity on where I'm going or what the situation involves with my own personal perspective. What are you looking for? What do you need to know? Uh, what can help you out? Because in a lot of the uh, symbolism of the decks, there's someone holding a lantern or there's a light to follow. So it's following that light of spirituality, but also following your light within. And what do you, sometimes this card will come up if you need to hold your tongue and, and really think through your response before you just which aligns with what you were saying about that nine life path as well. Sometimes this card will come up if there's a need to complete some aspect of your life so you can get ready to move on. Well, that's a lot of information for all of you to digest, but we hope that it's kind of given you a comprehensive overview of how everything really is connected in this world of spirituality, from the numbers to the Tarot to the Kabbalah to really everything. It's all connected. And when we take the time to identify those connections, we can really have a deeper understanding of not only ourselves, but those around us. And it, and hopefully this will help you all to really start to see everyone around you and yourself with, with deeper compassion and understanding. So if someone's being really stubborn, be like, oh, that's just your four energy. Or if you have a friend who's always, come on, let's go out, let's do this, let's do that. You can just say, oh, that's just her five energy. And so we hope this has been fun and entertaining, but also illuminating. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.